to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, you know, that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body I mean the f everything I mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well I mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations yeah. you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, rules. with no rules no, real fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCartney pulling me about folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bet. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud of fighting you. For you. Don't bring your dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you got to just keep on flowing. Aloha, Aloha Asian Nation. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. May luck, may luck, may luck, may luck, if I said that right. You are now listening to DJPen.com as always, As guys, guys, I'm your host, I'm Jay Kinch. It's been an awesome, been an awesome holiday, holiday, but we're back, we're back at it like we are each and every, every week with another kick-ass show, show and guests, and guests for you guys, you guys this evening. BJPenn.com.com radio live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 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 Pacific, and we continue to bring you the best guys as a possible show, best possible guests. Each and every time, we have a new episode. With the fighter's fighter's voice, we're all about, all about getting that platform, platform to speak their minds, their minds and their hearts out of the body bias. And we're also, also like the voice of you guys, guys the fans. We greatly, greatly appreciate, appreciate all the love and support of nation. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you very, very much. Much, much gratitude, gratitude towards, towards you. Tonight's lineup, a couple of couple great guests. With the holidays, we haven't exactly had some stack shows in the past couple of weeks, but we have two really awesome guests. One of them, incredibly fired up uh, about some news that, that, that has just been released. I'm sure you guys have seen him going at it on Twitter. Uh, very upset. But we'll get to all that in just a moment. Second guest, uh, the biggest guy, saddest guy in kickboxing today. But again, we'll get to all that in a moment. 
I tell you guys every week. I continue to tell you every week. You guys already know it. And we appreciate all the patronage, but again, just to drill it home. You guys know where to go when it comes to MMA news. BJPen.com. Make sure you guys bookmark us. BJPen.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on all the latest from the sport that we all love in mixed martial arts. Whether it be the hot topics, the breaking news, viral videos, crazy knockout videos, exclusive content, training technique videos, exclusive interviews, all that and a whole lot more. BJPenn.com, we have got you guys covered. We're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. All of you fine folks make that possible. Again, we are very grateful. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news, your home for mixed martial arts. <clears throat> so, tonight's guest. First up, 815. As I said, he's been on a tirade <clears throat> on Twitter as of late. Well, the past 24 to 48 hours, rather. What many consider a future champ in the UFC's 155-pound lightweight division. An incredibly tough matchup for anybody in the UFC in that division. Good friend of BJPenn.com radio, the tech executioner James Vick. As I said, incredibly tough matchup. He's been campaigning for that big fight. Wants to move up in the rankings get close to that title shot that he feels he has uh he has deserved for a while now not so much the title shot but you know what i mean moving up the rankings getting that big name opponent the uh, the guys in the upper echelon of the division he feels it's been long overdue many of us agree with him myself included he was supposed to fight well still is going to fight at ufc fight night 126 in Austin, Texas. He wanted the headlining bout. Apparently offered to fight Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And was in the talks with the UFC about a couple of opponents. You'll hear him discuss this in depth here in just a moment. But with the announcement that Donald Cerrone will be facing Yancey Medeiros and are slated to headline that card that James Vick was looking to headline... He's not very happy. You will hear him go off on this whole situation in just a few minutes, but lots to discuss with him, uh, where he moves on from here. Will he be on that card regardless of opponent? And is is he only going to take a top-ranked guy? Should all of the fans in Austin, Texas, expect to see him on that card? And we're also going to have some inside info on uh, some fights that have been offered uh, to opponents for James Vick at this point. Again, he's fired up. Always a great conversation with with James. Definitely a guy that really is future contender uh, in the in the UFC lightweight division. Incredibly tall, great skills, both standing and on the ground. A handful for anybody at this division. And he's been saying on this show and many other shows for quite some time now, nobody's willing to take the fight with him. And you're going to hear him go off on that quite a bit again in just a couple of moments. Second guest of the evening, closing out tonight's show, right around 8.40, 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time. 
one of the baddest men in combat sports, certainly the baddest man in kickboxing, the king of kickboxing, Rico Verhoeven. He's coming off the impressive fifth-round finish over Jamal Ben Sadiq back at Glory 49 in Rotterdam. Glory 49, redemption. Avenges the loss from earlier in his career against Jamal. Further cements himself as one of the best guys to have ever competed in kickboxing. Continues to move forward with that target on his back. And he's got a lot of options. Not just in kickboxing. Or combat sports for that matter. We're going to recap the fight, discuss, discuss what's next for the Dutch superstar, and he truly is a superstar in Holland. Uh, you're going to hear him talk about some of the projects he has going on at this point. Really cool stuff. He is definitely a guy who is maximizing his potential in all facets of life, and uh, he's setting himself up for life after combat sports. But again, we'll recap the fight, talk about what's next, get his thoughts on the return of Badr Hari. We mentioned that last week on the show. You can bet your butt that that's a fight that he has in his crosshairs moving forward. We're also going to talk about, could we ever see Rico back in mixed martial arts competition? Fights that would interest him. We discuss a whole bunch of stuff. Rico's a really cool guy. It was my first time uh, getting a chance to speak with him. Big shout out to Tim from Paradigm uh, Sports Management for setting that up. Great conversation with Rico, super cool guy, and again, limitless potential uh, in and outside of fighting. Probably see him with some movie roles coming up here very soon. Already had one, did the voiceover for Ferdinand the Bull, the Dutch release. Very cool stuff, we discussed that a a little bit, but obviously with the success he's had there, acting is definitely something on his agenda uh, moving forward. So there you have it, two great guests, another short episode this week, but hey man, it's Christmas, we're doing the best we can for you guys, Penn Nation, we love you, again, hope you guys had a great holiday, we're looking forward to an incredible new year, great 2018, not only for combat sports, but for BJPenn.com as well. So like we did last week, I'm going to try to keep it brief when it comes to news, been a a little bit slow as far as big news goes was no UFC event over the weekend. However, that's to be expected with the holiday. Jimmy Rivera lost his fight with John Lineker. And it seems that Marlon Marias and Marlon's manager, uh, Ali Abdelaziz, they've gone to war on Twitter. This is following John Lineker being forced to pull out of the fight with Jimmy. That was supposed to go down this weekend. No news on a replacement just yet, but let's just say that things got really heated between Ali, Marlon, and Jimmy. Make sure you guys go to the site to check that out. Of course, that's covered in depth on BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Max Holloway, that fine man, fine young man, one hell of an athlete, one hell of a fighter, the featherweight champion of the world. He's been named Rolling Stones Fighter of the Year for 2017. Very cool stuff. Hard to argue at this point what he's been able to accomplish and, uh, you know, his abilities as a mixed martial artist. 2-0 against Jose Aldo. Um, Nobody can say that. Very cool stuff. Ally Aquinta. (laughs) He had some Christmas wishes for the UFC. Wanted them from the UFC. 
Make sure you guys go check that out as well on BJPenn.com. Uh, we all know how Iaquinta feels about fighter pay. This is, of course, sticking along those lines. And uh, he said some pretty funny stuff. And also some stuff that, I mean, anybody that supports um, fighters getting a bigger piece of the pie, you would all agree with it. You heard him discuss on this show what it would take for him to come back and the financial compensation that he believes he deserves. And pretty much everybody deserves that competes in the sport. I mean, they all deserve more than they're getting, right? So, of course, Al had plenty to say about it. Make sure you guys go check that out. A photo of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, my goodness. A photo of Khabib Nurmagomedov. This has surfaced. He looks like he's shredded. Just days away from the showdown with Edson Barboza. This weekend, UFC 219. He's looking good. Looks like we'll have to chill on the tiramisu jokes. As shredded as he's ever looked going into a fight, in my opinion. Hopefully weight will not be a factor. He'll be able to go in there uh, and potentially, if he can get past Ed, uh, Edson Barboza, who is a very tough matchup for anybody, he can cement himself as the rightful number one contender to face, whether it be Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor, or the winner of a fight between those guys. Uh, Khabib has on, been on that title march for quite some time. However, his health, uh, weight cutting issues, a lot of that has been in question, but it seems like he's got it together now. So I'm interested to see what he weigh, weighs in as, what he looks like on the scale come Friday night or Friday afternoon, Friday morning, whenever the heck he weighs in. Uh, so stay tuned to BJPenn.com for more on that. Of course, Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, Will be on pay-per-view this weekend. Huge fight for women's mixed martial arts. One of the biggest in the, in the women's mixed martial arts history. Uh, very compelling matchup. Holly Holm definitely has uh, the striking ability to, to potentially give uh, Chris Cyborg some problems. But we all know how much of a destroyer Chris Cyborg is. Uh, so, of course, the world will be watching that one. Uh, the return of the natural born killer as well, Comagny. Very important matchup for the welterweight division. Uh, I'm pumped to see Carlos Conda come back. He's a fan favorite. Uh, don't think I've met anybody that doesn't like Carlos. So very cool stuff. Check out the site. See how the MMA community celebrated Christmas, guys. Um, we did uh, we did a piece covering that, obviously. Uh, some pretty funny pictures. You know, guys doing cool stuff. Uh, Cerrone was out. Uh, hunting, it seemed, for Christmas. But the winner of all of it, in my opinion, Jim Miller by a landslide. He he put out a Christmas album. Uh, well, you know, it didn't really exactly put out a Christmas album, but a very funny promotional video for a make-believe Christmas album. And it is hilarious. Be sure to check that out, out on the site as well bjpen.com forward slash MMA news for all the breaking news this week, everything of importance in this sport that you guys need to know about bjpen.com. We have got you covered. Make sure you bookmark us, follow us on social media, stay up to date, set up alerts, get the news before everybody else does everything you crave from the sport. You love of mixed martial arts, bjpen.com. We have got you covered guys. So that's enough of me rambling for one day, yet another week. Yet more news, all being covered in depth by the fine writers and staff at BJPenn.com. Let's keep it moving.
coming up next, the Texecutioner, on fire, upset, got a lot to say this evening. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. James Vick up next. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Stay tuned. We'll be with you in just a second. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, arguably the future UFC lightweight champion, another good friend of BJPenn.com, the executioner himself, James Vick. What's going on, James? Where are you calling us from today, brother? What's up, man? I'm I'm in I'm actually right outside of St. Louis, Missouri. I'm up here training with um one of my friends and his dad. Um, Bellator fighter Justin Lawrence actually. I'm uh, up here training with them for a few days and then I'm heading to my training camp in uh outside of D C uh, on Friday. Cool, man. How how was your holiday? Uh were you in the gym or did you get a chance to spend time with family? Um, uh, I, I I was it was both. Um uh I mean, I was I trained on Christmas Eve, and I uh, then I got to spend time with my family, got to go see everyone. Cool, very good, very good. And you know, one last thing before we jump into all the stuff that's going on. Last time we spoke, uh, you said that you were waiting to find out if you were having a boy or a girl. Was your prediction about having a boy correct? Of course it was, sir. Yes, I'm having a boy, James Jr. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Glad to hear it, man. So. It was announced yesterday that Donald Cerrone, Yancey Medeiros, they're going to be headlining uh, UFC Fight Night 126 in Austin, Texas. Uh, this card was one that, that you were expecting to be headlining. Uh, you were even campaigning for a fight with Cowboy. Um, you took to Twitter after the news broke, clearly pissed off about it at this point. What was your initial reaction to that fight being made? This is a fucking joke. I mean, honestly, it's a joke. Um I mean, there's, there, I can go into so many details. I, so I texted I text Sean Shelby a, a, a month ago and said, hey, I mean, it was probably three, at least three weeks, maybe even a month ago, and said, hey, I'll fight Donald. So, uh, uh, because I saw, so, so Cerrone goes on the uh, the Brandon Shaw podcast, right. and um, uh, the fighter and the kids, he goes on the podcast, and he's talking about, I'm going to drop back down to lightweight. So I text Sean, I said, man, I'll fight, I'll fight Cerrone, I'm, uh, I'll fight Cerrone, you know, at CSO fighting. So then Sean messaged me back. Well, Cerrone's um uh, uh I don't know where you heard that from, but um Cerrone's um uh we just were in talks negotiating and negotiating a fight at one seventy again. And I was like, okay, cool. So this this is what people don't get. First off, me going to Twitter and everyone's like, oh, you want to fight? Uh, are you are you a welterweight? You a lightweight? First of all, yeah, I'm a lightweight. So is fucking Donald Cerrone. So is Yancey Medeiros. These are guys that moved up. I could move up. Now I walk around uh, over 190 fucking pounds. I can move up too and fight the ones welterweight if I want to. That's what Cerrone did. I mean, essentially, he got a title shot and he lost it. And he realized that he was he, instead of him having to work his way up the ladder, he's like, well, fuck it. If I'm gonna have to build and work my way back up, I'm already in my early 30s. I might as well just just move up a weight class. If I'm at 30, 32, 33 years old, I realize I'm never getting another title shot. Of course, I'd move up and wait to not sacrifice the weight cut if, if I can just, you know, you know, if I can do that. But, but it's just everyone acting like that, 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 I'm, uh, I'm, it, that it makes no sense for me to fight uh, at welterweight when these guys were bo- both have more lightweight fights than I have. So anyway, I, I told uh, uh, Sean, and so that was the end of the discussion, right? So then I talked to Sean a few days ago, and he's like, yeah, don't worry. We're for sure going to put you on the card. And I said, what's up? Well, Sean, I want the main event. He's like, well, I can't really give you the main event. He's like, you know, um, there's a, he, this is what pissed me out. He didn't tell me who it was. He says, well, there's another guy. There's another guy that um, uh, 
that what we have headlined event that's headlined several events before, and um, uh, that's headlined several events before, so so that's probably where to go with. But I was thinking, well, he's talking about Derek Lewis, which is understandable. Derek Lewis is is, is a Texan as well, and, but then, um, then I see on Cerrone, everyone starts tagging my name on Cerrone's Instagram and stuff. Him talking about he's uh, he's looking for opponent at fifty five or seventy. So that's when I said, Donald Cerrone, I'll fight you at either weight class. And I said, hell, I'd rather fight at 170 so I don't have to do a big weight cut. That doesn't mean I'm trying to move up the welterweight now. Will I move up the welterweight? Yeah, I'm going to be a world champion this time next year, and then I will. Then after I defend the title once or twice, I will move up the welterweight. But, I mean, this is this is a fucking joke. Everyone acting like I'm not big enough to fight at welterweight, but these guys are, and they're lightweights too. They've had more lightweight fights than I've had. It's, it's a joke, man. And that's a slap in my face when – when, when when I say, and I'm not hating on Yancy Medeiros, he's won three fights in a row. He, he, he deserves to be where he's at. I'm not hating on the guy. But this is my fucking home state, and I, I deserve that main event spot that, I, that, I, that I've earned. I, I have one of the best records in the entire organization. I've highlighted real three people in a row. Two of those fights were in Texas already. And, 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 I, and, and I'm, it's not like I'm not willing to fight Cerrone, and I'm not willing to fight him at 170. I'll do both of those. Well, listen. Aside from aside from the weight class and you know the difference between maybe fighting at 155 or 170, just at first glance, there is so much wrong with the situation. You know, for one, you're long overdue for getting a top-ranked opponent, and if Cerrone was to move down to 155, that would be a good marquee matchup for you. You know, you've said countless times on this show and other ones included uh, that nobody's willing to take a fight with you. But but the most important part of this is that you're you're a native Texan. And with a great record in the UFC, looking to make that step towards the title, you know, the marketing kind of does itself for this, for any fight with you uh, on this card. And it seems like a no-brainer. You know, why on earth do you think that you've been snubbed of, of you know, if not the headlining fight, maybe a co-main event with, with, a, with a big-name opponent? Honestly, I have no idea. Honestly, I don't get it. And, and you're 100% right, man. If, if Cerrone drove down, they would automatically rank him. They would automatically put him in the rankings. When he lost three fights in a row, they would automatically rank him. Just like they did Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis moves back up, fights a 40-year-old Jim Miller, and they rank the dude two spots above me. This fucking guy is two and four in his last six fights. This is—it's a joke, man. It's really a joke. Honestly, I have no clue. I don't know. I, I don't know who, who's ass I got a kiss or who I'm pissed off or what to, to, to get these fights. Like that—that's cool. If, if Cerrone doesn't want to fight me, you can't put a gun to his head. And I'm not saying Cerrone uh, uh, wouldn't fight me. I don't think Cerrone's afraid of anyone. I'm not talking about it like that. But I just don't understand why. Why the fuck I didn't get the opportunity to fight him for the main event, period. Right, it, right. It, it, it's bullshit. Austin is three hours from my home. Um, I'll bring a huge fan base down there. I'm from Texas. I have one of the best records in the entire organization in any weight class. How the fuck are you going to tell me I'm not worthy to fucking uh, headline a fight night card in my home state, three yeah. hours from my house? Uh, a fight night card in your home state. However... You know, one could argue that that you don't have that star power to headline just yet. You know, while I disagree considering the venue, and especially wrong, considering no the offense, venue. If Jesse Medeiros does, he, right. he has the star power. I don't. Right, right, right. So I'm just wondering what your you response what? to that would be. I, my logic, I could be wrong here, but my logic is they agreed to fight him and they didn't agree to fight him. Or Sean, or they just don't want to take, see Cerrone take another loss and just trying to ride the marketing turn out with him while they still have the hype. And they don't want him to take another loss and maybe they think he's going to win. Right, right. So I don't get it, man. I mean, I, you know, I know, I know I you. I know you've been planning to f- to fight on this card ever since you beat Joe Duffy. But I'm wondering, was there any talk with the UFC prior to this announcement of Yancey versus Cowboy? W- there was no discussion of opponent at that point. You were just asking for Cowboy. 
No, I no. So last week when I talked to Sean, he said this. Is, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and spill the beans on all this. As a matter of fact, now that I'm pissed, so you, I'm DJPen.com. You are getting some good information here. <laughs> well, so, we love you, brother. So, so I talked to Sean Shelby last week. He said that he's going to. Um, uh, they're going to ask Kevin Lee to fight me, which they don't think is going to happen. Then he says they're they're going to they're going to ask they're going to ask um, uh, uh, they're going to ask Kiesa to fight me. That, that I think they really want to make that fight with Kiesa. Because it makes sense for the UFC and for us. But Kiesa don't want to fight me. I've been calling the dude. I've been talking shit to him on Twitter. He don't want to fight me. Then, then I think they're gonna. Then they're talking about Chernolder or Paul Felder. Well, I don't think Paul Felder's manager is gonna let him fight me. And then I think he. So I'm assuming I'm probably gonna end up fighting Chernolda, which isn't a step down for me. You know, I'll, I'm hoping will take the fight. And, and he's actually ranked one above me, so it's not a step down. But they're still not right that, that we're getting Chernolda beat the Dan Timidaris. So people don't remember Chernolda beat him pretty easily. So why the hell are we getting the main event spots? Right, right. So at this you point, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like he beat him recently, within the last year and a half or so. I believe maybe within two years. You know what I'm saying? So if, if that's the fight they make, that's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. I'm at least it's he's one rank, ranked one above me, and it's a step up than me having to continue. To, they want all of us killers on the outside to keep fighting each other. They keep I keep seeing all these people. Oh, you should fight this guy, this guy. Well, guess what? This fucking guy ain't ranked. I'm not a two and two guy that's 25 years old asking fucking to fight top guys. I'm an eight and one guy that's 30 years old, about to be 31, and I want to fucking be a world champion. And I need to get the ball rolling, but I can't get a guy to agree to fight me. Right. But either way, I, this is bullshit. I should have got the fucking main event spots. And, and, and I, honestly, I'll be shocked if I don't even, if I don't even get the co-main. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't even get the co-main event spot. Well, that would be that would be a goddamn shame to say the least. But at this point, you're saying that uh, Sean Shelby or you have talked to the UFC and they are currently pursuing Kevin Lee as an opponent for you? Um, yeah, they said they're going to ask. He's, John said last week he's going to ask. Kevin Lee ain't going to take that fucking fight. I guarantee it. I, ho- I really hope he does. KKS ain't going to take it. I hope he does. So, so you... I, I, like, the options are looking like I'm probably going to end up fighting Trinaldo. Because, it, because like Sean said, Trinaldo will take the fight. Man, I know this has been the ongoing situation for you. Is like every time I have you on the show, we're talking about nobody willing to take a fight with you. But I mean, worst comes to worst, Trinaldo, like you said, is is a is a good opponent for you. That is a fight you're willing to take as long he's as you a, get to stay on this card. Yeah, he's a down. He's a, he's a good skill. I mean, Trinaldo, one point one seven fights in a row in the UFC. I mean, the dude can fight. He's a tough dude. He uh and and he he's ranked one above me, so at least it's not a step down. Absolutely, absolutely. It'd be a good good matchup for the division, uh, exciting one nonetheless. But I'm wondering, ever since all this news is broke and, and you've been uh, you know, on Twitter uh, you know, voicing your opinion and, and you're discussed with all of this, has the UFC attempted to reach out? Has your management been in touch with the UFC? Or have you yourself talked to anybody uh, within the UFC brass? Nope. I, I, I haven't heard anything from any of them. Nope. And actually, I, and here's another thing. This is, the, this is the thing that people need to be clear about that that for all the uneducated MMA fans out there need, need, need to need, need to make sense of this right here. So, um, I, I like, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm my manager. I work with KO reps, but he doesn't negotiate my fights. I do that myself. So all these clowns keep saying, well, if you had a better manager, you'd get the fight. No, it ain't got shit to do with it. If I, it has nothing to do with the manager. It has nothing, it has to do with these guys aren't willing to fight me. Period. That's exactly what it is. A manager can't put a gun to a guy's head and make him fight you any more than I can do it or any more than Sean Shelby can do it. So in that aspect, it's not it's not the UFC's fault that these guys aren't agreeing to fight me. Dudes are getting dude like like Paul Felder. He's probably about to get his third 
top 15 opponent. But it's not because his manager is doing a better job, and he has a very good manager. I know Brian Butler well. He's a great manager. But it's not that. It's the fact that those guys are willing to fight him, and they're not willing to fight him. That's what the fuck it is. And Sean told me this the other day. He said, used to, you know, we would, this is exactly what Sean Shelby told me the other day. He said, these guys want no part of me. He said, used to, we would lean on them and be like, okay, well, if you don't fight Vic, you're going to be on the shelf for three or four months. But he said, now that doesn't matter because guys make enough money for a fight. Now that guys are getting paid more, they'll be like, okay, that's cool. I'll set out. That's what happened with me and Evan Dunham. Sean, Sean basically told Evan Dunham, I get a text message with Sean at 3 in the morning talking about Evan Dunham said he won't fight you and he's willing to set out. Because I'm, I'm assuming Sean tried to, tried, to, tried to lean on him a little bit and say, take the fight or you're set out. Well, he said, fuck, I'll set out. And he, he had to wait two more months to fight and he didn't even care. Man. And because now guys are making enough money, they won't take the fight. That ain't, that ain't got shit to do with the management standpoint. It's got the fact that the dude won't sign the fight and won't take the fight. That's what it is. So, so your point is not on integrity anymore. In in your opinion, at what point does it become non-negotiable? You know that the UFC needs to say, "Listen, you're going to fight James Vick, or you're not going to fight at all." I mean, I, I don't know how they can do that. When, I mean, obviously you've got to throw fights and stuff like that. But I I think that what they need to do is if motherfuckers aren't going to fight, uh, um, they they need to start stripping people of their rankings. Is what they need to do. That's the only logical thing. Because obviously, like, you can't put a gun to somebody's head and make them fight. You can't. And you can say, you can say, well, you, you're not going to get to fight for four months. And some of the people, you, if you make $100,000 a fight, you're going to be like, okay, that's cool. I got money. I can chill. But um, if you start getting stripped of your ranking for not taking fights, then maybe that, that'll give people a sense. I don't get it. I mean, I mean, where's the integrity of people at that, that, that they fucking... Uh, these people don't have pride of themselves as a fucking man to take a fight with someone. They keep turning down fights. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we see less and less with, uh, you know, becoming this money era of competition. But it, it, it appears to me like all the veterans of the game used to be totally willing to uh, give the up-and-coming guy his opportunity, his shot to, to show what he's worth. And it seems like, man, so many more guys are, are not willing to give uh, an up-and-comer that opportunity, especially one as proven as yourself. You know, it's pretty lame, man. Every time you and I talk, it's it's always something like this. Nobody willing to take the fight, not being offered a rank opponent. You know, aside from kind of feeling like you were you were stabbed in the back on all of this with with the main event slot, uh, where does this leave you in regards to your re- relationship with the UFC? I mean, I'm not happy. I'll tell you that. And you know, back to what you were just saying about um, about the guys getting that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't want to give opportunity. Guess what? All of you got an opportunity to get to where you're at. That's why you're where you're at. So give me a chance if I lose. Uh, that, that's what all these guys want to talk crap about because I lost to Benil Darius. Yeah, Benil Darius is a good, he's a good ass fighter. Yeah, I took a loss, but guess what? Every one of these guys in the top 15 have more losses in the UFC than me. The only guy that's ranked above me that has less losses in the UFC, less losses in the UFC than I do is Khabib because he's never lost. He's yeah. the only one. All the other guys have lost more fights than I've lost in the UFC. So how the fuck do I get an opportunity with the record I have, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's nuts, and um, uh, I'm you know I'm not happy right now. I'm not happy at all right now. I should be headlining that card. It's a fight night. It's not it's not a pay per view. It's a fight night in my home state, three hours from my house. I should be headlining that card, and and, and, I, and I'm pissed. It's bullshit. And I was willing to fight the guy, and now here we the guy who is the main event, and now here we are. Now with Cowboy and Yancey being finalized, that seems like it's a done deal for the headliner. Um, Will you be satisfied with with the co-main or at least being on the card? I mean, should the should the fans in Austin still plan to see you on this card regardless of position in the uh, the bout order? Yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, dude. I'm not fixing. You know, I I, I I'm trying to fight as much as possible. I'm trying to be a world champion. I'm not gonna. I mean, 
at this point, you know, I, I'll get annoyed and just be like, well, fuck it, put me on the prelim. Put me on the fucking fight pass and leave me alone, you know? But yeah, I'm going to be on the card regardless. Sean already told me I'd be on the card, and he told me I would be on the main, my, the main card. But I don't want the main card. I want the freaking main event. But that's fine. I'm, uh, hopefully, in a perfect world now with this scenario, um, hopefully I get the co-main event, and, and we'll see how it goes. But I know one thing. If, if one of these guys get hurt and they try to ask me to step in at the main event, they better get ready to pay me some money. I'll tell you that right now. I'll take the fight if you want to fucking compensate me. Uh, I promise you that. I'll step in. Uh, uh, I'm still uh, over 170 uh, pounds the last week anyway, so I'll step right in and make that weight easily. If uh, if for some reason one of those guys got hurt the last couple weeks and they needed a fill, I'll step in, but I ain't doing it without, without being paid. And I'm rightfully so. Like, mm. Rightfully so. What? And, and that's only rightful for you to say. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna take an opportunity, obviously you have to take them as they come. But if something was to happen, you are still on the card. You're willing to move up and wait and get that fight that you wanted. They should compensate you for for uh, what what's transpired since then. Um, but man, it, it, so if you're unable to get a ranked opponent, maybe if Trinaldo's not available, Kevin Lee declines, Kies is not available, whatever the case is, you you'll take a fight with anybody at this point just to make sure that you're on the card. I mean, at this point, yeah. I mean, I have a kid. I have a, I have a son uh, due in April. I'm trying to. I'm trying to financially set myself up as best I can for my future. And I'm trying to move up in the rankings. I want. I want to be a fucking world champion. I, I just don't understand these rankings. I'm, I mean, it's a, it's a joke. Um, dude, like I said, dudes like Anthony Pettis come down, uh, 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 move up in weight class, uh, move back to the weight class, and he's two and four in his last six, and they rank him after one win in the division, rank him thirteenth in the world just because of his name. Right. I mean, you, you, you've said it time and time again, the ranking system's bullshit. Many fighters agree with you. It's very sad to see this stuff continuously happen. And, uh, man, I mean, they really got to get that figured out. If you're going to have a ranking system, then let's play by the rules and use it the way it's supposed to be used. But if we're not going to do that, then figure out a different way to do this thing, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Man. I, I, just, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to complain, but like I said, I'm also not a, I know a lot of people think I'm complaining and bitching or whatever, but I mean, I'm not a fucking two and two guy with a 500 record in the UFC. I'm a fucking eight and one guy. And literally I have one of the best records in the whole organization. And Hey man, we, <laughs> we live in that era. If you're not going to talk, if you're not, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, man, you got to ask for these fights and these opportunities in this day and age. And in my opinion, you're only doing what's best for you and your career moving forward. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, I wouldn't, the squeaky wheel does get the grease, and I wouldn't even have to be talking if you just, if you just give me what I've earned. I mean, right. you got motherfuckers out here, uh, 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 dudes that are 2-0 two, two and oh in the UFC and shit, get, getting, um, getting uh, all this media push, getting um, uh, getting co-main event spots and shit. I was 4-0 oh in the UFC and didn't, and didn't get, you know, none of that. All right. Right. So I, I guess I guess in that case, man, what message would you have for any of the ranked guys out there without a fight booked or for the UFC brass like like Sean Shelby at this point? I mean, I'm 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 gonna fight regardless. Uh, hopefully, you know, I I should be on the card unless something happens and I get injured. Then, then I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll get I'll be on the card. But um, uh, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't even have a message for him. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Right. Well I, well, I certainly hope this gets rectified in some manner. I hope to see you at least in the co-main event slot. Uh, if not on the main card, it would be deplorable if you were not on the main card. You know, whether you get offered a better opponent or, you know, somebody that makes sense for you, I know all the Texas fans are going to love to see you compete on this card. And, uh, you know, with the majority of MMA fans and media alike, 
definitely think this only makes sense to have you on that card. Um, but, man, I guess in conclusion, tell all the Texecutioners, supporters out there what, uh, what they can do to help you get a big-name fight and make sure that you get that co-main event slot. Um, I, I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't know what they can do. They can keep supporting. You know, I really appreciate all the support. I, I appreciate everyone who, who really is a good fan and, and you know, uh, has followed my career and, and sees my potential and sees everything that I'm doing, the hard work I'm putting in. I appreciate it. And just thank you for all the support. Continue to support me. And right now I'm 99% sure that I will be on the card regardless of the opponent or the 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 main event spot, Coleman, whatever. I'm going to be on the card, though. And, um so I'll see everyone there and everyone tuning in to watch. I appreciate it. Follow me on social media, James Vick MMA, on all three of them, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's James Vick MMA. All right, James, always a pleasure to speak with you, man, and I sincerely hope that we get some good news about all of this very soon. Uh, all the love and support from us, and I look forward to our next conversation. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, I just want to thank all, all, my team, uh, uh, all my teammates and my fans and my uh, management company, Kale Reps, um, just everyone, thank you so much for everything. I appreciate the support. All right, brother. Much love, and, and I hope that uh, Kevin signs the bout agreement or Michael Chiesa, somebody. we got to make sure you get that, that big fight that, that you have uh, been long overdue for. Happy New Year, my friend. Look forward to uh, the continued success in, in 2018, and uh, we all know they can't duck you forever, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, brother. You have a good night. Folks, you heard it here first. A bout agreement was sent to Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom, to fight James Vick on this card in Austin, Texas, UFC Fight Night 126. In my personal opinion, I think James has every right to be upset. And it's got to be very frustrating knowing that you're a terrible matchup for everybody in your weight division, and nobody seems to be willing to take the fight with you. He is a very dangerous opponent, very tough matchup, and not a lot of reward for a win over a guy like James Fick at this point. You know, he's kind of like one of those guys, all the hardcore fans know who James is. But to break through into that superstardom, he needs his opportunity. And he needs his chance to climb the rankings and get close to contendership and do what he's looking to do. Everybody's looking to do, looking to do as a combat sports athlete. You want to be the best in the world. Well, for all we know, James is. He just can't get the damn fights to prove it. So again, I hope that I hope that something gets announced soon for him. Very frustrating to see all of this happen. And it seemed to be uh, a repeating problem, reoccurring problem, that guys will not take fights with James. As you heard, he was very upset with the UFC brass. Sean Shelby kind of looks like they... I mean, again, I can understand the, the, the point of view that James can't headline a card yet. But to his point, his counterpoint... You've got Yancey Medeiros headlining. Sure, Cowboy has a ton of star power, but James is the Texan. The Texecutioner, for that matter. So, hey, man, I hope he gets that that co-headline spot. 
And as you heard here, he'd be willing to, to, to move up and wait, to step in for somebody. Hopefully he's on the card with a good fight. He said he'll take any fight to make sure that he is on the card. But I, I truly do hope that, that, that he gets the fight that he deserves against a ranked guy, upper echelon opponent, to, to push him up the ladder and towards that title shot. Very exciting fighter. Gives it his all. Incredibly tall frame, big frame for the weight class. And again, a handful for anybody at 155 pounds. So let's keep it moving. Coming up next, we're closing out the show with the king of kickboxing himself, Rico Verhoeven. As I said, we had a really cool conversation with him. It's my first time speaking with him. We talked about the win over Jamal Ben Sadiq, what's next for Rico, his options after fighting, or even now at this point with acting, uh, writing a book, being a superstar in Holland, even a superstar in Europe for that matter. A lot of stuff on the table for Rico, a lot of options for him at this point. And, of course, we're going to discuss the possibility of him coming back to mixed martial arts. You might be surprised at some of the stuff he said. So this is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, the king of kickboxing, Rico Verhoeven. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the king of kickboxing himself, Rico Verhoeven. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today, Rico. How was life in Holland? Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, Holland is good. It's good. It's uh, it's cold. It's cold. The weather's not so good at the moment, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's wintertime. Yeah, I'm from the northeast of America myself, uh, Rhode Island, actually, and it's just become winter here, obviously, and... Uh, uh, just starting to get, to become really cold as well. What's the temperature like in Holland? Um, today is is not too bad actually. So it's nine. Uh, it's now nine Celsius. So I don't really know how much it is in Fahrenheit actually. <laughs> yeah, me neither, dude. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's okay for for me. It's uh, it's cold enough like this. You know, it's gonna probably get even colder in the next few weeks. But. Uh, yeah, you know, you can't stop it. Like I said, it's winter time. Uh, we already had a, a lot of snow, but uh, it snow is all gone again. So it, that's, yeah, Holland, you know, it comes and it goes. It's crazy. Anything planned for the holidays? Enjoying some time with your children, I'd imagine? Yeah, finally. Finally, I'm going to uh, enjoy some time. It's now actually pretty busy. I'm on my way to a late night talk show here in Holland right now uh, because uh, my book is coming out tomorrow. So uh so that's a that's a, a huge thing. Um tomorrow a lot of media, radio, T V shows, talk shows, whatever, we're doing everything. So it's uh, it's quite busy and then I'm gonna go home later tonight and then uh right on Saturday morning, early morning, we're gonna drive to uh, to France, to Paris and then we're gonna go to Disneyland with the kids. So uh yeah, we're definitely gonna have fun with that. And then I'm going to enjoy the holidays just at home with the family and, uh, yeah, you know, just relax. And then the whole next week I'm going to be off, so I'm just going to enjoy myself, spending time with the family, uh, doing fun stuff. And then, uh, yeah, beginning of next year, it's, uh, yeah, pedal to the metal again. Well, it seems like you're a very busy guy, man. You know, obviously I wanted to talk a little bit about the acting stuff uh, later on, but uh, tell us a little bit about the book and how you've become 
you know, a superstar in Europe, maybe not so much breakthrough in the United States yet, but uh, you're definitely a superstar, not only in Europe, but especially in Holland, right? Uh, yeah, in, in Holland, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't say myself I'm a, I'm a big superstar, but, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. So uh, I can't complain about that. No, uh, like I said, it's, it, it's going really well. And, um, yeah, like media stuff, I'm doing all, all the radio shows tomorrow. Uh, I'm tomorrow in the afternoon, I'm going to do on, uh, uh, Schiphol Airport. I'm going to do, uh, so the biggest airport in Holland, I'm going to do a, a signing session for my book. So tomorrow we have the release day. So tomorrow is going to be crazy. And we already, uh, yeah, we had like 40,000 pre-orders. So for Holland, that's pretty, pretty big because normally uh, you got to sell like around 10,000 to be, uh, to be a bestseller. So yeah, we already, already topped that four times. So, and we haven't, we haven't even released yet. So that's, uh, that's huge. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm enjoying that. And the beginning of next year, there will be, uh, be app coming out, a fitness app called the, the winner's workout by Rico Verupa. So, um, so yeah, I'm just gonna show people how to get fit. Like I get fit for a fight. So that's, uh, but then skills for the, for the normal person. So normal people can train like, yeah, the king of kickboxing. Wow. And, um, you yeah, sound, yeah, yeah that, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. I'm taking over the business. <laughs> so, uh, no, like I said, I'm, I, I just, uh, I think, uh, yeah, well, I'm convinced I can do so much more than just fighting. And I enjoy to do so much more than just fighting. I love fighting. I love training, but I also love the business side. And doing all the other stuff, the media, uh, TV stuff, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, uh, I just enjoy everything. You're coming off yet another impressive win at Glory 49 at Redemption in Rotterdam. Uh, you avenged the loss to Jamal Ben Sadiq from earlier in your career. How happy were you with the outcome and uh, rate your performance for us? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was fighting Jamal Ben Sadiq. And, uh, yeah, we fought, like, six, six, seven years ago. And back then, he knocked me out. But, yeah, for me, it, yeah, that fight wasn't even in my head anymore because I was a, I'm a different fighter today than I was back then. Back then, I was still a puppy coming up. Um, everything was new. And now, you know, I've, I've been fighting everybody, the biggest names in kickboxing, and, yeah, I've been beating everybody. So I've been feeling really good. And, yeah, he was just keep on talking about, yeah, I knocked him out before, so I'm going to do it again. And, uh, well, he, he almost uh, he almost succeeded because I made a, I made a mistake in the, in the, in the, in the first round. That, like after a minute, I, tried, uh, I was changing to softball. And, yeah, but I was not. Uh, outside enough. I was still standing right in front of him. Normally, when I change to southpaw, I'm I'm stepping to the side, so he he would never be able to hit me. But I made a small mistake and got caught. And yeah, I had like a yeah, like a like a five second uh, yeah stumbling. Like I was oh shit, I got hit. And he's of course he saw that he smelled blood and he jumped in and uh, started throwing a lot of punches. I think maybe. Two of the punches he uh, he threw uh, hit me, and for the rest I just 
slipped the punches. The punches were on my defense. So after that, I wasn't really in trouble. But uh, it looked like I was in, in in trouble, like for the the whole end of the round. But like after 10, 20 seconds, I felt like I was already back into the fight. But the thing is, if you at that moment fight back, like like really heavy and start trading punches, I. Of course, I just got hit, so I'm going to be a little bit slower than he is and a little bit less sharp. So the chance with him hitting me or the other way around is so much bigger. So I got to watch out. So I was just, you know, relaxed, defense, hands up, moving around, and just making sure uh, I was make, I was, I was, I was going to make it to the end of the round and then pick it, pick it back up in the second round because there's no use in in fighting too much in the first round because I I, I, fought, I felt like, hey, this round, I already lost this round. So take it, re- relax. He's going to he's gonna blow himself up and, you know, you got four rounds to go. So that's what I did. So I came back into the corner. My trainer said, hey, you back? Yep, I'm back. I said, okay. So that's that's the, the trust the trust we have, you know, the trust relation we have. If, I, if I tell him, hey, I'm back, he knows I'm back. So yeah, uh, I, I so yeah, and uh, from the from I, I yeah got, from that moment say. on, we just uh, discussed about. Uh, he was just telling me like, okay, second round, hands up, move around, and play the game we train. And from that moment on, it just it, it works. Well, that's definitely a veteran move from you to know that the round was lost, compose yourself, go into the corner, and then come back out. Uh, you know, looking for the win from that point forward. But I, I wanted to know, man, was there anything that he had done out there that surprised you? No, not really. Actually, uh, the only thing that surprised me is that uh, he was in that for so long. You know, he was he was uh, he had more energy than I than I expected in the beginning. So um, so, but that that was good. That was that was uh, yeah. For me, energy is never a problem. You know, so if it's going to happen, if he's going to be gassed out in the third or the fourth, for me, it didn't matter. So, um, and of course, I I knew mentally he was going to get a punch or a smack in the head in the four in the fourth round because he never he's he's never gone for five rounds. So right. uh, if you never had that and you're going to start the championship rounds, he's like, God damn, I already did I already did three rounds. I need to do two more. So that's that's mentally, it's also, uh, yeah, it's pretty hard. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I've been there. I've been there for years. So for me, it's never a problem. I enjoy I enjoy the championship round. Yeah, was that the game plan for this one? Kind of drag him to the later rounds and, and, and drown him and, and look for the finish there? No, yeah, that, that's just how it played out. You know, if I, if I, if I had the chance to finish it, finish it earlier, I would finish it earlier, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I just, I like I said, I always try to win. That's the base. That's my base. I go in there. I'm gonna try to win, and from there, from from, from that objective, we go to the next one, and that's gonna be winning in a spectacular way, you Absolutely. know. And if it and if that chance comes available, I'm gonna take it. But if it's not, and I need to go in and make it a flip coin, I'm not going to I'm gonna make it make it a coin flip. I'm not going to do it now, because it, I want to win and I want to stay safe and I don't want to get, get hit in the head too much because I know it's not good for me. So, yeah. you know, that's just things things I think about. It's a, it's a chess it's a chess game, you know. For the 
the fighting, uh, we always say the fighting game is a thinking man's game. Now, it looked to me like Jamal was fighting a little emotional in there, uh, especially early when he was really hunting for that finish. I'm wondering, do you think that the hype and, and all of the uh, media obligations and the pressure leading up to this fight, do you think that maybe caused him to uh, maybe fight a little differently? Yeah, of course. Of course. In the end, as a... Yeah, the, especially here in Holland, you gotta like we're really in a in an upcoming flow right now here in Holland. So uh, the media is they, they they're following me with everything. So if Rico's fighting, the guy that Rico is fighting is coming with me into the hype, right? And into the media. So if you're not used to that and all those cameras and all those questions. Like yeah, that's it, that's hard, you know. It, it's hard to deal with. It, it takes time to 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 work and deal with all those things. So it's another pressure, and it's a full arena, you know. It's a sell a sold out arena. So and there's all those those things, and all of course all your friends. Like hey, you're gonna fight Rico. You gotta beat him. Come on, you can do it. It's gonna be easy, and it just puts a lot of pressure on you, you know. Now you had a lot of success with the left head kick, and it was the strike that that led to the finish. It seems like he drops his uh, right hand a little bit too far to block the body. I'm sure that was something you noticed as well. Of course, of course, that's the thing. I, I, yeah, uh, I always train. You know, um, if you look uh, by head, I can't tell you which round it was. I think it's gonna. It was the third, the third or the fourth round. Like I make like three, three middle kicks uh, in a, in a row. You know, he, he walks back and I pop kick. And he walks back, pop, I kick again, straight to the arm. It's the same kick I uh, uh, I dismantled uh, Harry with. And that just hurts. When you get kicked to the arms, it just hurts. So at a certain point, when you see that kick coming, you're going to try to block it because, you know, you don't, want, you, you don't want it to hit your arm. But then when you make the mistake and the kick goes up, yeah, it's going to be right in your face. So with that foot out of the way, you stay at the top, keep the target on your back, uh, that being said, what's next for you? You know, how much time do you plan on taking off? I know you said you wanted to go to Disney, uh, but how much time will you be taking off from competition? And do you have a timetable for when you'd like to come back? Um, oh, yeah, for me now, I don't have anything scheduled yet. We uh, Glory hasn't hasn't reached out yet to talk about another fight. So, uh, but yeah, I think maybe somewhere April, May, or something. Depends. Depends on what's going to happen. You know, it's like I said, I'm, I'm doing so many things um, next to next to the fighting game, business-wise. And I'm already thinking about what to do when I'm done kickboxing or when I want to finish kickboxing. So that's the thing with acting, you know. I, I hope to get some uh, some good movie parts or something. And I'm, I'm always trying to do uh, auditions in between, uh, yeah, whatever I'm doing. So... Yeah, who knows? You know, if I, maybe if I'm if I will get a, a big part in a movie, the big role, yeah, maybe I'm gonna skip a fight. You, right, right. I don't know, man. You you can't. We can't look into the future, but I, like I said, I'm just enjoying myself. And uh, yeah, let's see what comes first. You've beaten pretty much everybody that's noteworthy uh, from the current era of kickboxing. Uh, however, with the announcement that Bader Hari's gonna be coming back, obviously the the world wants to see that fight again. Do you think the second fight with Bader Hari is inevitable at this point? Um, yeah, of course. The world wants to, uh, the world and the fan wants uh, want to see this fight. So yeah, I hope Glory's gonna make it happen. So um, 
yeah, I believe uh, he's going to do a warm-up fight somewhere at the beginning of uh, of next year. So, uh, yeah, let's hope we can talk about, yeah, uh, a collision too somewhere, uh, somewhere end of next year or something. I don't know. So, uh, so let's see. You know, it's uh, uh, yeah. You know, the the fight uh, on itself was was good, and it just yeah messed up the way it ended. But for me, I was just getting warmed up, right. so I felt like I was I was getting the grip uh, on the fight. But then the moment I felt like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna yeah push the gas and we're gonna yeah even build up the tempo even more. Yeah, he pulled out. So right. yeah, that was what it was. And of course, he says yeah like. Yeah, I'm just uh, my arm was a little bit hurt, and uh, it's not because of you. I just got hurt in, in the fight, and uh, yeah, I was I was kicking your ass in the first round, but it doesn't matter. It's like the same thing that with Jamal. Like yeah, that first round I didn't see the champion. Where I was the champion the first round? Hey, where was the champion in the fifth round? <laughs> the champion was kicking. The champion was kicking your ass in the fifth round. So that's you know. The fight is over when the final bell rings. That's that's the thing. The fight is over when it's over. So you can talk a lot about that first round or that minute before, but you stopped and you gave up. That's the that's the bottom line. Yeah, I've got to say, man, that that kind of seems to be something that you're focusing on that a lot of others aren't in kickboxing, and that is to have really, really strong cardio so that you're pushing incredibly hard through those later rounds. Not to say that guys don't have good cardio, but what do you think sets you sets you apart from those guys when it comes to strength and conditioning? Yeah, but I, I can't really tell you what that is because I think everybody trains hard. Right. Everybody wants to make it to that fifth round and still feel good. But... Yeah, like I said, I don't know what that is. For me, it's just uh, I don't want to lose on cardio because if I lose on cardio, I'm I'm losing for myself. Then I'm my own opponent, and that's 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 a thing that just can't happen. I'm right. fighting I'm fighting myself. I'm fighting my opponent. You know, and when you're fighting your own cardio, yeah, that then something's going wrong in your preparation or in whatever you're doing. But it's also a thing when you're training and I I always tell people I teach or people in an interview, for example, like this, I say everybody that looks at me when I'm training, they can feel sorry for me except myself. I got to even push myself even more. It's never enough. I'm never comfortable. And I think that's the, yeah, you know, that's my biggest power. I, I'm I'm, at, I'm on the top right now. They call me the king of kickboxing, the champion since 2013. But I never feel comfortable. I never feel like, hey, I'm on top of the game. I'm dominating. I'm reigning. I'm the champion. So let's do this. Let's chill. Let's lay back. Right. I'm, all, I'm never comfortable. I'm always, uh, uh, I'm always, uh, uh, to my own fight to say, hey, this this needs to be better. This just has to be better. You know, it's, it's never perfect. Now, just to get back to Botter here for a moment, you know, I kind of feel like uh, he is that bad guy to you, you know, good guy, bad guy. He is that villain to you, uh, kind of like a Chael Sonnen was to an Anderson Silva. I'm wondering, would you agree with that? Of course. 
of course. It's like, uh, yeah, whatever movie you look at, you know, you need a you need a, a bad guy to have a good guy, right. and the other way around. Right. So aside from Botter, uh, you know, settling that score as well, it seems like there's not much left for you to accomplish. You've beaten the who's who and the current era of kickboxing. What's left for you to accomplish uh, on your path towards becoming the greatest kickboxer of all time? And is there any dream matchups that uh, you really wish could happen? I don't know. Uh, like you said, I think I, I, yeah, I'm beating everybody. And, uh, yeah, a second bottle fight will be fun. And, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's tough what's, to think about Yeah, what's man. left, you know? It's, uh, uh, but you, you, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I'm, I'm always watching out for, for everybody. Because even an underdog who you don't expect to come up and can surprise you at any moment. So, uh, so like, I just jump into every fight 100% focused. Even if it's Bigfoot Silva or it's, uh, like, beginning of the year, Ismael Lazar or whatever, it doesn't matter. I need to be focused always, 100%. And because everybody wants to take my place. And that's that's my motivation. Just stay focused, stay motivated, keep working hard, and make sure I'm the hardest working man in the room. I'm sure you get asked this all the time, uh, but you know, given that you have have competed in mixed martial arts once before, and now seeing Gokan Saki transition over to mixed martial arts, is there any more of a possibility that we could see you competing in maybe say the Octagon or another promotion uh, in the near future? Yeah, who knows? It's um, like a, I'm I'm a I'm a martial artist. Martial artist. I just I just enjoy martial arts to the fullest. So and that's from all sides, from from boxing to kickboxing to MMA. So yeah, if I ever get a get a good offer, who, who knows? Yeah, I'm open for everything. Now, given your credentials and your career. Uh, as a striker, I was wondering if you could tell me who you think has the best striking in mixed martial arts. I'm very interested to hear uh, your opinion on this. Uh, whew, that's a that's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, 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 it's not like uh, he's the best striker, but like Nagano, it's, it's, I don't know what this guy's doing, but <laughs> God damn, he's. He's decapitated guys in there. So uh, I, I just love, love the way he's fighting right now. And uh, But I would also would love to see him go for a second and third and fourth round and see how, how we do, how he does in there uh, after, after a few, uh, after a few rounds. But for now, you know, he's, he's just doing, he's doing real good. He's doing real good. And uh, uh, yeah, I wish him all the best. And uh, who knows, maybe someday we're going to fight each other. But, um, yeah, the best striking. Oh, this. Well, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second there. I mean, you kind of just opened a door here. You're saying that you would be interested in fighting Francis Ngannou, Stipe Miocic, one of, one of those guys, uh, for a heavyweight championship in the UFC. If the money's right, of course. Of course. I'm, but, but I'm open for, for any cross-mixed cross fight, you know? Um, if any MMA fighter thinks, uh, for example, Stipe just did, you know, you gotta fight champions. Champion versus champion. The kickboxing king versus uh the king of uh of MMA, of heavyweight MMA. You know, and then a cross fight. So 
I jump into uh, I jump into MMA and he jumps into kickboxing. Boom! That's <laughs> that's what I'm calling a promotion. That's a big fight. That would be incredible. Of course, I know I'd love to see it. I'm sure everybody else would. Uh, but listen, uh, you've been more than generous with your time. I only have a few more questions here for you. I wanted to change gears here for a moment and talk to you a little bit about uh, your acting career, as we briefly touched on earlier in our conversation. Uh, you got to play the voice of the Dutch release of the film Ferdinand the Bull. Tell us a little bit about that experience. It was amazing. It was definitely amazing. And uh, I enjoyed it so much. Uh, I enjoyed it so much more than I expected because, um, yeah, if I read bedtime stories to to my daughters, it's like not so good. <laughs> Let's just, yeah, give it a name, you know, it's, that's what it is. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, but really skeptical. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, let's go. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a go and let's see. Yeah, let's see what happens. And then when I was there for the audition, they, they were so excited. Uh, the guys that were recording it, oh, perfect timing. Oh, nice. That was a good one. And I got like totally excited of the way they were recording and telling me how good I was doing for the first time. And yeah, like two months later, I said, yo, yo, Rico, you got the part. Wow. I said, yes, I got it. <laughs> so and now uh, last weekend, we uh, had the premiere. So with all the family and friends, and yeah, we had so much fun. So that was also for me the first time I saw the whole movie and how it all came together. It was, yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, still get goosebumps talking about it. That is awesome, man. So it sounds like you're obviously a natural. Uh, that was your first speaking role in a major film? Yeah, definitely. It was the, the first one and right away the, <laughs> the, leading, uh, the leading part. So as you were talking about earlier, planning for fighting or for life uh, after fighting, you know, something that that I definitely think not enough guys do. It sounds like uh, you could potentially have a, a another career path in acting. Yes, sir. Tremendous. Tremendous. Man. I hope so. I know. I know. I still got a got a way to go because, yeah, it's you know, it, it's unknown ground and it's difficult. It's different. You know, when, when I need to do an audition, for example, or whatever, it's. It's just unknown ground, and I just need to uh, get more experience. Uh, I think uh, with my uh, yeah, with my athlete uh, mentality, you know, I'm, I'm I'm positive I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna nail that. Well, I have no doubt that the discipline from kickboxing and martial arts should translate uh, into your acting career as well, and and I, and I wish you a ton of success there. But in regards to combat sports, uh, what can all the fans expect uh, next from you uh, and the king of kickboxing in 2018? Uh, in regards to combat sports, um, yeah, I'll, of course, I'm going to defend my title in 2018. And, uh, yeah, of course, let's hope we're, we're going to make a, a Rico Bada number two. For me now, it's just staying champion, bringing kickboxing to the next level. And, uh, like I said, doing a lot of business next to everything that I'm doing and enjoying myself. You know, uh, I want to I wanna put this app on the market next year, beginning of January, and it's going to be huge. I want to make everybody fit, you know? The way I get fit for a fight, I want to make everybody fit. And, um, yeah, you know, let's, let's see. I want to be a fit icon. 
All right, man. Well, we're certainly looking forward to everything that the future has in store for you. The app, the book, uh, movie roles, continued kickboxing career success there, maybe even a big MMA fight. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you, man. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm all good. I, I appreciate all you guys following me, following Combat Sports. Uh, keep doing that. Um, hit me up on Instagram. I try to uh, respond as much to my fans as possible. And like I said, I love you guys. Have a, have a great holidays. Have a great new year. And, yeah, hope to see you in, the, in 2018, guys. All right, Penn Nation, Rico Verhoeven, the king of kickboxing, would be more than willing to co-promote and try to become the king of mixed martial arts as well. Very intri- intriguing stuff. I would love to see that fight happen, whether it be Stipe, Francis, and Ganu. Quite frankly, anybody in mixed martial arts, I would love to see Rico uh, come over and, and, and have one of those fights. Um Obviously, the Badr-Hari fight is still left for him in kickboxing. But as you heard him talk about, as we discussed there, he's beaten pretty much everybody everybody that's relevant in the current era. But he also understands that uh, there's still people coming up in the ranks, and he's more than willing to give them their opportunity as well. Pretty cool stuff, him talking about the acting career. It sounds like he is a natural, and, and he probably does have a future in that as well. Wish him all all the success possible there. As you heard us discuss, it's very important for for combat athletes to to set up their lives uh, after after fighting. Uh, and clearly, he has got that under control. Releasing a book, I'm pretty uh, pretty excited to see this app when it comes out. Wish him a lot of success there. And again, big thank you to Tim from Paradigm for setting up the interview. Um, first time speaking with Rico. I, I I think we hit it off. Very cool stuff here at BJPenn.com Radio. So that's it, folks. Two great guests for the evening. Week of the holidays. We greatly appreciate you guys joining us this evening. Make sure to tune in next week. Next Wednesday, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll have another great show lined up. I'm sure there'll be plenty of news to discuss. And when it comes to MMA news, make sure you bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Instagram. Set up alerts so when some news drops, you guys are the first to see it. Stay up to date on the sport that you love, everything you crave from the sport you love at Mixed Martial Arts bjpen.com we have got you guys covered big shout out to the team everybody on the bjpen.com squad looking forward to a great 2018 and continued success from us and this team uh it's been been a pleasure to work with everybody and again looking forward to uh to another great year so on behalf of the whole team everybody at the site I'm your host, Jake Kench. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice and the voice of you guys, the fans. Tune in next week for more great conversations. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Be safe this New Year's Eve. 
ring in the new year with some fun with loved ones and uh, catch you guys next year. All right, everybody. Peace out.
Kone ana koreo e uenie I kahi manu noho e kai Ki ai makala e uke kaha Oia kai palana mali Urelie ahana Life is full of those ah, moments. Like right after the first stretch and yawn in the morning. Yeah. Or like standing in the forest alone amid the stillness. The beauty hits you like the crisp air and suddenly everything makes sense and you're one with the earth and stars. Ah. Or like dollar drinks at McDonald's. Keep those ah moments going with $1 any size McCafe brewed coffee and $1 any size soft drinks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. <laughs> 